And uh, this was all the way back in high school. And I firmly believe that high school is hard for everyone, even if they're the most popular kid in school. Um, For me, high school was hard because I was an outcast. I had moved to a new state not long before high school. I had a chronic medical issue and I was questioning my sexuality. So I really didn't fit in. And meanwhile, my best friend had just moved away and my family felt like an extremely unsafe place to be emotionally vulnerable. And I felt really utterly alone. Um, So I guess I was chronically depressed. Um, I thought about suicide a lot. I spent most of my time while I wasn't at school or doing homework alone in my room, reading books and watching movies and writing in my journal and chatting online with people who are mostly way older than me and who probably weren't even who they said they were. (laughs) I was in the age of, you know, I am in chat when it first began. Um, And I also had this one guy friend who lived down the street and we would go on walks um, and listen and he would just, generally listen to me emotionally vomit all of the negative feelings inside of me. Um, And at one point I asked to kiss him and he kind of just disappeared from my life. So I don't know. It was just a hard time. (laughs) And that was me then. It was a really kind of sad existence. And, and whether or not it was like all in my head, it definitely felt real to me. And I mean, I was a kid and my brain was still forming and it definitely felt like life really sucked. Um, and I'm not sharing this because I think I was unique. I don't think I was. Um, but in fact, I think this is actually a relatively normal feeling in high school and beyond high school. Um, and I'm not honestly sure if things had continued as they were, if I would have been just another statistic of suicide. Um, but I wasn't because of what happened next. Uh, I was at this class meeting in freshman year. And all the teachers for the grade were there. We were in this humongous room with theater-style seating and over 100 kids. And I don't remember anything about the meeting. But at the end, as we were all filing out, I felt a hand on my shoulder. Um, And one of my teachers was asking me to stay behind. And so as everyone was leaving, I could feel the the heat in my face rising. Um, And whether or not I was in trouble, being held behind by a teacher in front of everyone was hella embarrassing. So I didn't know what to think. (laughs) Was I getting detention again for wearing torn jeans? Because if that was it, they could just shove it. (laughs) That's how I felt. (laughs) Um, Was I failing biology? I thought I was actually doing pretty well, one of the best in my class. So I didn't think it was that. And I don't know, was I getting some kind of award? I didn't feel like that was the way to do it, not in front of everyone. So I just looked at my shoes to avoid the faces I was sure everyone was making at me as they left. And uh, suddenly I heard the door close and stillness just echoed around this big room. And it was just me and my teacher. Sorry, I guess I could have chosen a better time to stop you, huh? He said. I looked up and felt the blush continuing up my cheeks. He was sitting on the desk in the front of his room, in the front of the room, and his legs were dangling off. Want to come sit here? He patted the space next to him on the table. You're not in trouble or anything, I promise. I dropped my backpack to the ground and met him, my feet dangling to much further above the ground than his. I just wanted to see how you were doing. You seem sad, maybe more than sad. He looked at me, questioningly concerned. I'm okay, I mumbled. Really, he asked. I nodded weakly, looking at my feet. You're not convincing me, he said with a smile. You don't have to share anything, but I'm here if you want to share. I looked at his face, open, gentle, kind. I was starting to doubt myself. 
I mean, could I share with him? Was it safe? What would I even say if I shared? It all felt like this big ball of yarn in my gut that had to be untangled first. So I just sat silently, my eyebrows knitted, biting my lip, moving my feet back and forth and feeling the table rocking. Okay. It's okay not to say anything. I know sometimes it's hard to get the words out. And my door is always open. And I have a break in my schedule during lunch tomorrow if you want to come by and talk. I nodded, feeling tears behind my eyes that wanted to escape. I looked up at the clock. School was over. Why was he still here with me? I deeply felt I wasn't worth this time and energy. He patted my leg and jumped off the table. Okay, I've got to head out to finish up some grading and then some coach, coach some soccer. But think about it. Maybe I'll see you tomorrow. He flashed a smile and I nodded and smiled back weakly. And as he left, the silence boomed around me. I laid back on the table and tears that had been held back for so long cascaded out of my eyes. The words inside my head changed to, someone cares, someone wants to listen. And that was enough to make it worth living at least one more day. So the next day, I walked to his classroom during lunch hour with my lunch in hand. And his door was open, inviting me in. But as I walked through, I noticed another student was already there talking to him. And he saw me. So I was about to walk out dejected, but he motioned for me to come in and told the student he had a meeting. And he ushered them out and closed the door and then fished out his own lunch and sat next to me on the table, our feet hanging off. Why do people sit on chairs anyway, he said. Tables are much better for this sitting thing. A giggle came out of me and he smiled back. I'm glad you came. The floor is open, he said, sweeping his hand around. I'm just going to eat my lunch and listen. And if you don't say anything, I might have to listen even harder. We sat in silence for probably five minutes. And then, I don't know, I just started talking. The yarn began unspooling and I just couldn't stop. Everything came pouring out. The worry of who would he tell didn't feel like it mattered anymore. And he sat there listening focused with his kind eyes, no judgment or surprise. After almost an hour had passed and tears had been shed and my story was beginning to feel tiresome to me, he asked if I'd like a hug. I nodded and he wrapped me in his arms and he shared that he's had personal experiences with depression and he knows how much harm it can have in our lives. I know you know there are resources here and counselors who can help you with this, he said. But I also know that sometimes those avenues don't feel quite right. So if you don't want to go there some days, know that I'm here to listen anytime, okay? I nodded into his wool shirt, but really I just wanted him to keep hugging me. And that was not the only time I met up with my teacher for lunchtime support. In fact, it happened all through high school, and we continue to be friends to this day two decades later. I've even had opportunities to extend the same loving moments back to him. And I really credit him with showing me what it feels like to be profoundly seen and validated, what it looks like to provide a safe space for someone else, and how loving an offer that truly is. It's so simple, yet so important. And looking back on this moment, or moments, plural, as they ended up being, I do wonder if the suicide rate would plummet if every single human was provided such a timely, loving, and genuine offer to be fully heard, seen, and accepted for exactly who they are. I can at least speak for myself that I might not be here today without having been extended that love when I did.